Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Glynis. And I'm Ashley. And tonight we're talking about episode five from season seven, The Family Jewels, which originally aired on the 4th of November, 1990. This episode was written by Tom Sawyer, yeah. who <laughs> <laughs> got another Tom Sawyer out. Yeah, we are really plowing through him. Um, he's written 24 episodes. He's a producer of 79. And the ones we've done before by him are Broadway Malady and Joshua Peabody Died Here, Possibly. Those are his two that we've done. So... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and as I remember, Glennis accused him of really being Robert Van Skoik. <laughs> you know, I didn't look to see if he was a producer, actually. Let me see. Who, Van Skoik? Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know if season seven's a bit late for him to be. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't list him on IMDb as being um, sneaky. He gets in there. <laughs> wait robert van squig is listed as a producer for this episode is that what you're asking oh is he oh, okay he wasn't a, he wasn't a story editor so he's a producer on this one okay you. sneaky <laughs> he's, a, he's in the sneaky background squig. <laughs> sneaky and <laughs> robert e swanson is also a producer oh they must have run through the whole series then swanson and squig Swanson and Scott. <laughs> An undeniable duo. <laughs> Those classic Gilbert and Sullivan, Swanson Rogers and, and Hammerstein. Swanson and Scott. <laughs> Dynamite. The two Bobbies. That's what friends call them. Aww, the Bobsy twins. <laughs> oh, that is good. That is good, oh. Ashley. <laughs> they hated that one. We've lost all our listeners now. <laughs> the Bobsy twins. <laughs> Wait, because have we done a season seven episode before? You know, I don't know, actually. I sort of thought we maybe had um, 1990. Is season seven the season without a city? Or is it just? I think by season seven, she's moved to New York, right? She has a place in New York because she teaches there. So the one that we're avoiding at the moment that I don't think we've done a single episode from <laughs> is season six, because that's the season where she's not in all of the episodes. So oh. full disclosure, the random number generator has yielded a couple of those. And I have always <laughs> vetoed them because I just think we're not in a place yet where we can do Jessica free episodes. I mean, we're not going to disagree. Emotionally, mentally. <laughs> She's our anchor. We can't we'll yeah. be floating adrift without her. It's the thing is with those ones is it's so annoying when she's not there that the episode itself has to be pretty good for it mm -hmm. to be anything other than just kind of tricky. Like but there are some that are good. There are some that are good. But um sure. Sure. are those the ones also with the cat burglar? Yeah. 
Yeah, so there's the one with the cat burglar. There's the one with um, Ron, uh, not Ron Howard, sorry, Ken Howard. <laughs> there's the one with Michael Haggerty. There's one with Harry McGraw. Um, there's a couple smattered in other seasons as well. She overlaps with the cat burglar earlier on to introduce him. Yes. And he has a couple standalone ones. But yeah, she's right. in the cove and she's talking to the camera. Right. And she's like, that reminds me of a, good, a story about my good friend. Yeah. I'm just starting a story and I'm not sure how to finish it. <laughs> oh, no. Is that how they are? Some, Some of them. Let's find out more. And then the camera goes <laughs> to the book and then there's like a fade to... Uh. It's a, it's breaking the fourth wall. Some are like that, but some are. Let me tell you this story that Dennis told me. But one of them yeah. I feel like is about the grand dame of murder mysteries before Jessica and she's on a cruise ship. <laughs> I don't know what. Oh my God, not Megan. That not that. <laughs> I forgot about that one. You know what? It's like we should sit. I wish you guys were here and we could just sit and hammer them out in like a day because yeah. it is like, there's ups and downs, right? Some of them are so funny and weird, but others, yeah, she breaks the fourth wall, Glennis. It's like uh, she's pruning the roses in her garden. She looks up and goes, oh, hello. I didn't see right. you there. Oh, hey there. <laughs> well, you know, oh, I hate it. We'll do one soon, Bunny. <laughs> Wait, should we get back to the story? Yes. <laughs> I haven't re I haven't recapped it. I'll, I'll oh, be but I'll really try quick, to be before quick. you do that. I just wanted to point out that while um we were watching the episode, Susanna was singing along <laughs> to the <laughs> I recorded it. <laughs> oh goodness. It was really enjoyable. <laughs> I do it every time I'm watching it by myself. Oh. <laughs> to be fair, I do it as well, but I'm on mute, so. I feel like, is it the world's best theme song? Like, like lyric-free theme song? Okay. It's Because I was going to argue Perfect Stranger. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really great, uh, like, theme songs with words perfect strangers being very high up on that list gummy bears ducktails (laughs) ducktails is great dumb shoes like come on and they go clack 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 yeah (laughs) wait how do they go (laughs) (laughs) only had one in me megan (laughs) 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 yeah yeah I can't do it. I'm sorry. It gets worse every time. Sorry, I'm just looking at season seven. There are some really good ones. The Ballad for the Be- for a Blue Lady in season seven. Oh yes. Um, it's yeah. So I mean, there's loads we can do. I feel, I don't know. I just every time season six comes up, I'm like, nope. No, I get it. <laughs> We're only 15 episodes in, or whatever, 20 episodes in. We're not ready yet. Um, okay, so I'll quickly go through this one. Um, so Jessica's in New York and she's going, she's planning to go into a fundraiser for her friend Drew Borden, played by Mike Farrell, who is trying to fundraise because he's running for um, district attorney. The party is going to be held at Porter Finley the Third, played by John Considine's house. Um, 
Porter is married to Sheila Kowalski Finley, played by Brenda Vaccaro. Earlier in the day, Jessica sees um, Sheila steal some jewelry from a jewelry store. She's obviously quite affluent. She's got a big fur coat on and a chauffeur and everything. Um, And Jessica thinks this is very weird and cannot let it go. Sheila, meanwhile, is having an affair with her chauffeur uh, called Rocco Pastolino, played by Joey Oresco, who is cheating on her with made Margaret Gabble played by John Lee, and he's planning to run away with Margaret Gabble. On the night of the fundraising event, Rocco is found dead in his limo. Um, Lieutenant Stuyvesant is then brought in, played by Charles Rocket, to investigate a little bit more. Uh, Sheila Kowalski is, uh, Finley is blamed for this because she was having an affair with him. Jessica gets to the bottom of the kleptomania situation. Uh, She keeps going back to the jewelry store to find out more about it. The jewelry store is run by D.L. Beaumont, played by Richard Davalos, and Charles Lochner is his assistant, played by Howard McGillan. And eventually finds out that basically Sheila would take stuff and Porter would then use the money in her trust to pay for the stolen goods. Jessica looks into it a bit more and then they all come to the realization that it is Charles Lochner who works at the jewelry store because he and Rocco had an agreement where Rocco would steal the old jewelry from Sheila Charles's uncle would turn it into a paste version of it. They would sell the original and then put the paste version back in Sheila's cabinet so that nobody would be the wiser that she didn't have her jewelry anymore. Anyway, so he killed Rocco because Rocco wanted $100,000 so that he and Margaret could flee to Rio de Janeiro. Um, And yeah, and in the end, they're still going to help Drew get into office um and sheila is gonna try to give up her thieving ways and just one more character to mention is drew has a campaign manager called Sid staples played by stanley camel who he fires because he's trying to run a dirty campaign but otherwise that's everybody yeah yeah so season seven <laughs> another brenda vaccaro um, she was in just another fish story, Glennis. You might remember her as Mimi Harcourt, the <laughs> reporter extraordinaire. This is her starring episode, really, because right, right, right. she's in almost all of it. Um, <laughs> she's fabulous. Yeah, what did you think of her? I mean, good place to start. <laughs> she was a lot, but I, I, I want to start with the beginning of the episode when um, her friend the guy running for office. What's his name? Drew Borden. <laughs> he's just like out of the, he's just yelling at his receptionist. He's like, get me Stromberg. It's just <laughs> in a really strong way to start the episode. You don't know who Stromberg is. I don't think we ever really find out, but uh, he meant business. I did like when his secretary said, Jessica's Fletcher's called and asked how formal is it tonight? And he goes, Barry. <laughs> like, oh right. Well, she obviously took that very seriously because her dress I actually really loved, but it was very oh. let's say late eighties, nineties formal. Megan, no, I, I am it. I love it. I I mean as a, <laughs> and she was in it for so long too. Okay. The the cruelty of whoever edited this episode <laughs> that they went from that sequence of him going, It's 
formal. It couldn't be more formal <laughs> to her showing up in what is like an elevated skirt suit. So the skirt suit bit is black, but it's like cut away at the sleeves and down the is sort of velour? like decollete. Yeah, it looked like it was velour or sort of like a crushed velvet or something. Yeah, and under yeah. it was <laughs> a... Do you, <laughs> do you remember when you used to get like crackle nail polish you're where it would crackle? and are going to say that. <laughs> it's like gold lame crackle nail polish puff sleeved um high necked shirt and huge earrings huh i was like i loved it with the gold puffy sleeves i was like <laughs> I, I wrote it down and like wrote down every detail of it especially the earrings that felt like they would just oh i love the earrings off they were like huge like I don't even know they looked so I just felt like they said formal they could have they had the perfect excuse to put her and Brenda Vaccaro in a floor length dress and that's what I wanted to see them in I don't need to see any more skirt suits well there were a lot of them in this episode I would have wanted like a (laughs) pantsuit for Brenda Vaccaro Oh yeah. Yes, I agree. Like that red I th- one in a pantsuit, I think would have been great. I think that would have looked really sharp. For Jessica, I do think one of like and she's worn those before, a floor length gown. Um I like that Megan's like, I kind of liked it. And both me and Susanna are like, no. <laughs> I just thought they did her a little dirty by being like, it's a formal event. And she's like gold lame was how they implied it was gonna be formal. Wait, 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 before we get into that, I, I had a question back into his office with his campaign manager and they're like bickering about something and the campaign manager says, you're going to have a very long career as a second banana. Yeah. And then call, says this ain't a job for blue stockings. Yeah. I wondered about what that meant. That was all lost on me. But he also said, it's called saving your buns, pal, which I (laughs) I love when he said buns. Buns, I feel like, is a word that needs to be used more often. Honey buns. Buns. It does sound really cute. And I don't think that's quite how he was going for. (laughs) I am, no, Glynis, second banana is like, and also ran yeah but yeah yeah. it was all like terminology where you're like i feel like a real campaign manager would have been swearing a lot more but they couldn't right like do that it's called saving your buns pal (laughs) but what was the second phrase you said blue stocking yeah this ain't a job for blue stockings does anyone know what that means Uh, no um, here we go Ashley, do do your research. (laughs) I mean, the first word that comes up is derogatory. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, no. I don't think they would. Edit that out. (laughs) Derogatory. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Another thing that kind of didn't make sense to me was when They were in the limo and they were talking about the sort of good and great of New York society that was going to be at this party at the um, Finley's. And they say, 
they say, oh, some think they should have crowns. And Jessica says, and some ought to be crowned. What did that mean? I don't know. Is that an inside <laughs> joke? I don't know. Like they think they're royalty? But like, it felt like she was, it Dang felt it. like a burn. Yeah. And I couldn't quite understand what she meant by that. There's there's too much of that. I, it was lost on me. I, yeah. This blue stocking thing is wild. I, so, oh, what so, is it? Well, it's a bit more complex than, <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, it, it to us, like, like <laughs> we are. <laughs> I just mean it goes back to England in the 1700s complex. Sure. I'm just going to read a quote. Take it back. <laughs> I'm just going to read a quote that an SAS named William Hazlitt uses in a sentence. And then I think that should explain the use. Okay. okay. The blue stocking is the most odious character in society. She sinks wherever she is placed like the yolk of an egg to the bottom and carries the filth with her. Oh. God, that's a bit. It's so strong. It's very strong. Was it like a plague reference? I mean. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, a blue stocking is an educated intellectual woman, originally the member of the 18th century blue stocking society. But then yeah. so, so it's like a weak person who just sort of yeah okay yeah not good not good the I get it I didn't strong. know that the term <laughs> Megan the term later developed negative implications and is now often used in a derogatory manner. Got okay. It. Okay. Sounds like it all kind of was or a little strong. It was a little, I mean, that whole side plot about the campaign. I know. It was like, who cares? And then it was like, he had to fire Sid because he wasn't like an ethical campaign manager. And you're just like, I don't know. It's like, I guess so you never suspect Drew of having killed the guy. I don't know why you would have thought he didn't have a motive or anything, but it was just like, I don't well, need friend this. Of Jessica, so. Right. Yeah, if they, although sometimes they can, they can turn. But yeah, he, that part wasn't that interesting, minus that opening sequence. And they didn't even say what the odious thing was that he was trying to get him to campaign on. He was trying to get him, I think, to say mean things about his opponent. Right? Wasn't that the... Yeah. The, well, this was like, the 90s was this weird time in television where that was a big deal. Where it was this idea of running a clean versus a dirty campaign and this whole thing of like you'd watch TV shows, but they would be like things like like draw like soaps and stuff where it was like if you run a dirty campaign, like that's the kind of person you are because you know, the ads and stuff would be like a smear campaign. Yeah, a smear campaign. And it was like I think that was like a real trope in the nineties of like, oh, this is like a real dramatic thing of whether this person's gonna do this or not. Um, because this comes up again later in other episodes of Murder She Wrote as well, like the one where Ken Howard is um they're in Hawaii. Oh yeah. And the brother's running for some something. And um there's this whole debate about whether they're gonna release some like like tape that they have or someone admits some sort of wrongdoing i think it's like of him holding like hugging a girl 
And they think it means he's cheating on his wife, but it's not, I don't want to spoiler it, but. Are you mixing it up with the Golden Girls episode where Blanche- No, no. (laughs) I would never. Just checking. (laughs) I like that Hawaii episode, but it's one of these ones where like this really dopey guy is dating this like really beautiful girl. And you're like, well, how does this, how does this come to be? (laughs) Got a real Jonathan situation. Yeah, like, "Hmm, I don't know if I like that. Um, so Brenda Vaccaro comes in hot. I love seeing in the jewelry. She's lounging out in front of like all this jewelry in a jewelry store in a baby pink fur jacket, like floor length. I mean, it was like so much fur, and then she's got her chauffeur with her and everything, and she's teasing the guy about basketball or something. She's like, oh my god. On Jessica's face when she steal, she sees her steal the, was it a necklace? Yeah. Yeah. When she's so cavalier about it, she just like takes it and just like throws it in her bag. Instead of trying to like, I don't know, put it in her wrist and then like put it in her pocket. I don't know. No, it was. But she's, with Jessica Caesar, the look on her face, not even when she's stolen it, but just in the first instance, Jessica's like, oh, no. You know, she doesn't like it. I mean, Jessica's not like, here for her. <laughs> no. Because she's loud and sort of like brash and she's going to tease the the assistant a little bit and be like, oh, it's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. It sounds like she's been smoking for decades oh yeah i mean but it's all very sexy and then she like goes out and you know, she's flirting with everybody <laughs> she, she's hooking up with the chauffeur but it was that made me laugh i liked when she called people terminally stupid she oh she says the the staff would have to be terminally stupid if they didn't know that she was hooking up with the chauffeur <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny and I like when she says it's lifestyles of the rich and the boring about the party she hates these <laughs> she hates these kinds of parties well because she they gave her a better haircut though and I thought they did her dirty in the like her looks department like her fashion department yeah there was oh a yeah beige sweater over a brown dress like that I hated I think all that was bad. Yeah, I think, I also think the 90s, probably the 80s too, suffer from not being able to dress bodies that aren't like stick thin and like just Mm. like sort of an elongated rectangle. And so like, I sometimes feel like the costume designer solution is to just add more layers or like (laughs) one solid color. And I just don't necessarily agree. Sometimes it just comes a bit like, like it was a lot of like the red, the red dress or the red skirt suit or whatever she was wearing. I was yeah. like, you can add a pattern. I think that's okay. Like it just looked a bit. When you're right, it wouldn't have looked quite so boxy if they put her in um, trousers because with the pads and everything, it did make her look like a box. And she, you know, she's a totally attractive lady. I mean, I agree with she walked in in that skirt with that brown thing on. Oh God. And I was like, did she enrage the wardrobe department upon (laughs) arrival or something? Because that is so mean, but you're right. It's like, she's, but then it's funny because it's like Jessica, I mean, Angela Lansbury looks great, but it's like, she's not like some, rail thin person you know she sort of looks normal yeah. and she 
and she's also sort of an older woman as well. And apart from the, but they're still going to dress her in kind of funky stuff. You know, the gold LeMay thing's quite funky. You know, they have her in some various different fabrics and stuff. So where's Al Lehman when you need him? I know. <laughs> well, the thing with like Lainey Kazan is they like added a belt at the waist to like give some shape, right? Yeah. Like had like a skirt, like a patterned skirt with like a black top. And I just feel yeah. like just adding some shape and some figure because, you know, I bet Brenda Vaccaro does have like a figure. Yeah, no, I, I thought they didn't do do right by her, especially since she's supposed to be like sex. Well, her best outfit was the one she wore into the jewelry store. Yeah, yeah I agree. That was great. Easily. I mean, she did look great. And yeah, bad. you're right. It's when, when she was Mimi Harcourt, I felt they dressed her a little yes. bit sexier. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, so it was just, I don't know. It was interesting because I think they were like trying to be like, yeah, this is a sexy lady, but she's also like a rich lady. So it's like she would wear stuff like that's a little more conservative or whatever. But it's like, but she's also the one walking around kind of making like body jokes and like effing her <laughs> guy like in the house, you know, during the middle of the day. So it's like, I feel like she's not... I don't know. Yeah, it's hard because later seasons, I don't know. When do I think we hit our stride with the clothes? Four or five, maybe? And then it kind of, yeah, I don't know. Oh, the later seasons get more visually interesting from like a time capsule's perspective. Like That's a really generous way of saying that. (laughs) (laughs) She's wearing that brown horrible outfit when she's telling Jessica, which this is my thing that I remember from this episode, was that she's supposed to have been, she and Rocco went to high school together, but it, she looks great, but it doesn't necessarily look like they were the same age. They're 10 years apart. I, I mean, that is inappropriate. My body would have been eight. We're in Marcus rule territory now. I know. Ooh, that's too hot for TV. But, but they they did try to gray his temples a little bit so he looked I a mean, tiny teensy older. No, I just, that was what I remembered from this episode was like, it, that she <laughs> was maybe a little bit older than. Here's what I'll say. In this episode, I wrote down, the first thing I wrote down was Jessica has seen an injustice. <laughs> and nothing makes Jessica look like an older woman more than harping on about that necklace for like, I don't, days, literally days, she's mentioning about the stolen necklace, even after somebody has now died and she's still mentioning about how weird it is about the necklace. And, it's and like, at every good. chance she gets, like, yeah, formal she's like, party. Yeah. You're like, it's like, I don't want to be a gossip, but. <laughs> and it, it just, it's like something where it's like so peculiar because normally she it's like she would remember it and bring it up again later, but this time she's like determined to do something about it. And it, it makes her look, I just don't think it's a very good look on her actually. And it, luckily it doesn't come up 
very often where other than like around a murder, she gets quite focused, but just her going on and on. And then she's talking to a guy who's running for DA about looking into this jewelry <laughs> theft. Where you're like, why would he, this man care? And also this is like his head, like his main donor. Well, right. Maybe she's like, okay, why is this guy who's running for DA friends with a thief? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it felt, I don't know, it felt a little forced, like how much she was invested in the necklace, but then it all made sense in the end. So plot wise, it makes sense that she's focused on it, but where you, if you don't know where it ends up, she just, she does seem like a very old busybody. And she's on the phone being like, being like, I just cannot forget about that necklace. And you're like, oh my God, Jessica, this guy is trying to talk to you about his campaign or something. She's like, that is so weird. And then, and then when he's like, all right, Jessica, I'll see you later. And he goes, he's like, you know, thanks. And she's like, bye, Drew. I hope you win. Or something. <laughs> just goes, I was like, she's literally spent that whole time talking about the necklace. That call was so weird because she's on her side. The TV is on so loud in the background. <laughs> so she's like trying to talk to them and all, all years. <laughs> like eventually, but surely they could have had it like even lower than what it was. It sounded like she was in a room with someone else making a phone call. Well, she couldn't have just turned the TV on after she'd hung up the phone. Yeah. I don't know. And it was had to in the bottom of the necklace thing. I know. It, 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 that part's a little rough. I, oh, sorry, not to go back to this. I love when, when someone in the like older show makes fun of lifestyles of the rich and the famous. I'm like, God, yeah. Remember when that was a thing? Like, it, it just feels like, <laughs> like nobody would even, like, you know, it's one of those things where I don't think there's, are there reruns of that on television or anything like that? I mean, it's I just- I don't think so, but I feel like there should be. Oh, how fascinated would you be to see oh, some wealthy crazy. person from the 80s house? I mean, yeah. it would be amazing. Wait, what was it? It was like, so it was hosted by a guy called Robin Leach, who was British. And he would go, it was like Cribs, basically. If you remember Cribs on MTV. It was that premise, but it was like, not just young, like MTV people, like, could be anybody and he would go and look through their homes oh. and tell you about them and like it was a whole thing I mean but I mean do you think Jackie Collins was ever on it I was gonna say Joan Collins like springs to mind but if she must be uh, there must be a way of tracking down episodes of this show and he had this really like kind of over the top like oh, i'm robin leach and this is <laughs> lifestyles of the rich and famous <laughs> no i would be so curious to see like someone's like mansion from the 80s and their, like hot pink bathroom or something like that well, yeah. and their giant television right so instead of some like flat screen <laughs> yeah. thing they've got just some huge monstrosity sat in the middle of their house and i bet there'd be a lot of like fireplaces that turn on with a switch 
I feel like this is something they should rerun. It would be amazing. I would love it. I'm gonna say, I just remember like a big deal when we were growing up at birthday parties as if we had a slumber party and mom and dad got one of those like rental TVs and they were like, they took over like the <gasps> entire yeah. room. <laughs> and then so you could watch now and then on big screen, like it was meant to be viewed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How am I meant to know if Devin saw and Christina Ricci get together unless it's on the big screen? <laughs> <laughs> all that sort of stuff though is like I I always remember thinking do you remember in um the chipmunk adventure uh what's the brother and sister oh, called? Yeah, Claudia, Claudia and, and Klaus their house yep. I remember being like is that how that kind of house I'm gonna grow up to live in because it looks <laughs> so cool like she had a bed and then she had a little bed for her dog and like a fireplace oh, yeah, in her amazing. bedroom and they had a pool. I was like, gosh, this looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not going to click on it because I don't want anything to happen, but it looks like there might have been a Joan Collins lifestyles of the rich and famous. Oh my God. I, I... Oh, and she was, she was friends with Robin Leach. So he passed away, I guess, Two years ago? Oh, God, that's recently. I, I'm surprised. He wasn't very old. He was only 76. Anyhow, but yes, she she appeared on his show back in the day, so I would have loved to see what that looked like. Hey, like, what do 80s stars, where do they live? You know, it's be so fascinating. Um, so, yeah, anyway, sorry. I just wanted to add that in. But that used to be a real thing. Well, now thing. that's like all I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I did write down uh, about the um, the party was there was that woman with the like custom one of a kind earrings. Her dress was so, yeah, it was shocking, I guess you would call it. It was like. I wrote a down mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> it was a mermaid costume. It had like a lot of like mesh netting and sequins, multicolored blues, like teal, all the all that jazz. And it was just a lot of look. I mean, but that is formal. It was the other end of the spectrum from brown trash bag. Yeah. At least she, I thought she looked, it's hard because you're right, it did look like a costume. Yeah, it wasn't like normal for, clothes. For the record, she did, you know, get the brief, but it, uh, it was very formal. formal. Very formal. Like, how old was Porter? So he was 55. I loved that that lady, like, loved Sheila and was like, gosh, is it, like, Porter's so lucky that he found Sheila, even though, and she says, he's not very lively. It's like yeah, everybody. It's <laughs> he's a real bump on the lock. Well, yeah, but he doesn't seem like one. Like, he seems to have a lot of personality, but I guess everybody knows that he's not very sexually um, inclined or something. I mean, that's what, like, Sheila comes out and says so obviously her friends know that too also let's get into him giving her Rocco mm. for her birthday that backstory yeah. I was like right. wow we her going into 
basically she's a rags to riches you know her dad hit it big with his was it sheet metal or Government something contracts. yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was like steel construction or something but then he got government contracts which is where the money was and someone said she had 40 million in her own right and then so she had this boyfriend Rocco in high school and they were the item back in high school she was the drum majorette which I was like okay and she was she said he was always cheating on me always cheating on me but we loved each other and then porter didn't have she says a lot of drive for sex or anything else so he found rocco and gave him to her but like she must have had like mentioned about rocco lots and lots and lots oh that's a good point well there was a a couple of weird things there first of all like i guess it's not that weird that her husband who's not that interested in like being sexually active might try to link her up with somebody that he may be not approved of, but like sort of like, oh, this is okay. You know, I don't mind about this. That seems like it's weird to the way she said it, but it's like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess that sounds like they had kind of an understanding. But to me, the weird thing was it was like her going on and on about how much Rocco cheated on her and how normal that felt. And then when you see them together, you're like, this guy's like abusive to her. Like the way he yeah. sort of talks to her and stuff. And you're just like, it just, that it was, it just all felt really weird to me, all of that. And I didn't like, that they made it so she's like so so into him and he's you know mean to her or kind of indifferent I mean I did laugh at the line when she's like get in here you gorgeous thing (laughs) that that was funny but yeah I didn't like that they did that because they made her seem too desperate and he's so desperate yeah. i mean that scene where she's grabbing his face and she's like talk to me talk to me i love you it's like it's so in his face and you're just like this woman it makes her come across crazy yeah, yeah. i didn't love that her and then shouts in her face like stop being so intense or whatever as, as she's like ow my ankle and then they start making out and you're like Again, it's like, careful what you wish for. When I'm always like, oh, there's never a, a smooch. <laughs> like, it's, it's, yeah, it was kind of, it was just sort of, she's just sort of a depressing character. Yeah. And, you know, like, I don't know, with the, the jewelry stuff and the, I don't know, and the That's rock. The husband was the killer. Cause I was like, oh, maybe he's found out that like, Rocco is blackmailing her or doing something bad because he did seem to genuinely care about her and so I thought that maybe he was like I'm done with this clown yeah well, and it's weird because she's so confident and so sort of yeah. like self-assured with all these people and yet I mean maybe you're meant to think because he's someone from school that it's sort of they revert back to whatever their dynamics were when he was eight and she was 18 but it's like (laughs) it just was like that whole thing just was like a little bit strange but then it's like i guess to just explain why she would be a suspect and he and like this is like what we were saying last time it's like he was cheating on her so he was growing distance she was right you know and it's like 
Yeah. And he's like, it's nothing's wrong. You're being crazy. She's <laughs> like, oh, God. Right. And then, but it was also weird because then when he died, she, I didn't think she seemed that sad. She was shocked, Megan. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. No. I, I didn't. The thing with it was like, I think also, are you meant to think he never really cared about her at all? Hmm. Or that maybe he doesn't really care about anyone. I mean, I guess he loved Margaret. Maybe. He's kind of rude to Margaret, too. Also, the lieutenant was super rude to Margaret. I know. Get out of here, Margaret. It's like, what did she do? Was she helping Jessica, or was she actually trying to get the money from Lochner? Oh, I thought she was helping Jessica, but now I don't know. I thought she was, too. And so why was the lieutenant so mean to her? And he was mean to her when he was asking her questions, too. Like, I don't know. He was just being a D-I-C-K. So I had a quick comment, which I don't know if you guys picked up. You know, sometimes we're meant to flag gross stuff. She uses her own handkerchief to remove uh, Sheila's makeup that had smudged. She's like, oh, you've got one more smudge here. And she used her handkerchief to remove it and then put it back in her pocket. I've seen people do that. I don't understand it. I didn't care for it. I just think eyes are the grossest part of your face. Are you worried <laughs> so, about conjunctivitis? I mean, Ashley, I'm not going to lie to you. With little kids around, I am scared of conjunctivitis. Yes, it is crazy contagious and crazy disgusting, like all childhood ailments. I mean, for me, nothing tops the bandage scene in the one with no. El- uh, that. I can't remember what that one was called, but with Del Scott. Josh with Peabody. Oh, right, 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 yeah. The I other like, one he wrote. The oh. other one Sawyer wrote. Did he also write Murder in the Electric Cathedral? Because that also had her rummaging around in the... Oh, yeah. No, so, but he did, you're right, he did watch, write Joshua Peabody. They were like, Tom, you gotta tone it down. Right. She can't touch anybody's open wound in this one. He's like, eyes? Ugh. They're like, okay, we'll go with eyes. It was the yeah. compromise. That was the compromise. Brenda Vicaro's like, I don't want someone touching my eyes. Like, Brenda, we'll just pretend. <laughs> she won't actually touch your eye. It'll be fine. She'll take the napkin away. And then she's like, <laughs> Jessica's like, it was really good. Can we talk about the fact that they didn't immediately call the cops when someone's like, when they found a body in the back of the car with a bleeding head? Didn't they call him pretty quick? I can't remember they now. Told, um, her friend decided, like, we got a situation. And then, are we meant to think that Drew Borden used to be a cop? Yes, oh. I think so. Is that what they said? Oh, sorry, I think. Well, I'm no, I think so because that other that other guy's looking to him for like mentoring right. advice. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like in Murder She Wrote, sometimes they do this thing where it's like rich people handle things differently, and they like maybe don't call the cops right away, or they. They're friends with the cops, so then they call. They definitely call their attorney before they call the cops. Yeah. 
Well, the tr- police didn't even arrest her. I mean, they arrested her, but they just let her sit in his office. Oh, yeah. I, I thought, she's like, oh, he was an absolute doll, or she said something. And you're like, that's not really fair. <laughs> this is messed up. We just saw last episode, the homeless guy had, got locked in a jail cell for confessing to a crime he didn't do. I don't like that. was, like, all up in their business. Like, oh, would you say that like some people said that they saw you, uh, Brenda Vaccaro, going into the, they're going off with Rocco. Would, would you say that? It's okay if you don't say that or blah, blah, blah. He was so delicate around them. But then when it yeah. came to Margaret, he's like, get up, get lost. And you're right, Glennis. That was messed up. I agree. I didn't, I didn't like that. Yeah, I thought, I thought everyone was kind of mean to Margaret. Yeah. No, girl, Margaret, what'd she ever do? Except for, like, some dumb guy, which... And go to Rio. Like, what were they going to do in Rio? I mean, I know that he was going to get some money, but I feel like on these shows, too, that's always (laughs) the destination if you're running away or whatever it is. You're going to Rio. You're going to Brazil. You're going to the Caribbean. It's like, you don't speak Portuguese, I'm assuming. So how are you going <laughs> to handle living down in Rio? Well, maybe it's Rocco weird. does. We don't know. He's a man of many talents. Is he? <laughs> we were like, we didn't see any of that. He did it. He's a, a part of an investment program. Poor old Margaret. She didn't know. She was in this episode. That actress was 27. And the guy that plays Rocco was 41. So, yeah. And he's, you know, I mean, he was a major jerk, but maybe she got tricked. I feel like women on this show like a jerk. Mm-hmm. There's always some, like, real blowhard kind of guy that, especially in the 90s, 90s guys turn into grade A a-holes. Like, you just sort of get there and it's like, they all have terrible hair and bad fashion, but they're like happy to boss around their girlfriends who sort of stick with them for a long time. And for some reason, that trope just runs through her. <laughs> she wrote in the later seasons. It's like, oh no. Um, I feel like, do you remember the episode with, um, we mentioned this before, where the guy is pretending to be his own agent oh, and he likes yes. the girl who gets sexually harassed by um, the dad from Growing Pains by um, Alan, Alan Thick. And um, her boyfriend is like that. Just exactly. a motorcycle riding, no personality, but just kind of mean dude. Um, yeah, no, I definitely, what's the agents? I mean, we don't have to get into it right here, but this episode is so ridiculous but we should at some point watch it It i'm sure it came up on the random number generator but sometimes i run more than one just to like have a choice oh sorry i know this is like really behind just in case you've watched one before and so i went with the first one you're really spilling all your secrets about the random well no what i do is i do two season (laughs) options and two episode options just in case we've watched it before or if it's season six (laughs) (laughs) but um i'm sure that one has come up but yeah we, we should do that one at some point um what else was I going to say about this? They sleep in separate bedrooms, Porter and Sheila do. He also happens to have a key to her room on him in his silk nightgown. 
Uh, yeah, why did she lock her door? No, the burglar locked the door. Oh, oh, I was going to say, that's weird. <laughs> like, what is she expecting? <laughs> um, also, guys, the ad at the end for Borden. Oh, it's terrible. The bad guys might get you if you don't vote for Drew Borden. And it's like, who would, like, why would New Yorkers <laughs> trust this random socialite woman? And that outfit was also not great. Also, I, I wish they hadn't called that guy's last name Borden. Because <laughs> all I could think of was Lizzie Borden. Every time they said uh, it, I was like, it was just so in my head. I didn't even think of that, but that is, yeah. Um, wait, I also loved the line from the uh, jewelry shop guy who was murderer and whatever at the end where he's like, like basically like, I would have gotten away with it too if it hadn't been for that damn cat. <laughs> I know, that was good. <laughs> I definitely wrote that down. And yeah. I had no, I've seen this episode a couple times and I, I had no recollection that he was the murderer. Also, we were talking about brothers last week and famous brothers. Porter Finley's, I was wrong. Before the episode started, I said that he was one of the sons on My Three Sons, but it wasn't him. That was his brother in real life. Oh, right. Oh, that's interesting. We got a lot of famous bros on the, on the FSW. Should we go start going through the list? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. And we can do this. <laughs> Thunder weather, no. Secret doors, closet hiding. No, I don't think he hid in the closet. Poisoning or bludgeoning? Bludgeoning. With the, yeah. did they say a crowbar? Crowbar. No. Yeah. Crowbar. And they used a crowbar. Yes. Bone wire cut, no. She shaking, not a little rocky. bit uh, yeah rocky pushes her. when she falls into the he pushes her into the car basically yeah okay window peep i mean like okay. three times window peep do you have loads you do no no i well so the i i thought of but one thing which was when sheila and rocky are making out in the rock are making out in the back of the car of yes. the limo I think you meant to think the maid can see them through the back of the limo window. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think both so, of them. And then they zoom in on her face, and then she closes the window. So it happens twice with Margaret, and right. then, and then um, her husband also is looking through the window. You're right. Oh my god, you're right, Glennis. Oh, I did got annoyed. Pointing at the screen because there was so much window peep action. <laughs> yes, I forgot. Okay, so yes, in that sequence there were Yeah, you're right, about three three window peeps three in a row. Peeps. It was and like long window peeps too. Almost as good as that one from I can't remember which one where it's like a zoomed out version and she's just at the Oh yeah, the sister. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> That's been my favorite one so far. That one was really good. It's an epic peep. Yeah. I guess you meant to think from the window peeping that uh, Porter's up to something sort of nefarious because he's talking about the her financial stuff and everything, but it turns out he's just trying to get the jewelry paid off. Um, okay. Wait, and really quick, 
Did he say that the necklace was seventy eight thousand dollars? Thousand, yeah. Rubies and diamonds. I plus like, tax. Blown away. Plus labor. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I, sorry, I was. I mean, I guess I don't really have a frame of reference for how much those things cost. Yeah, so I was like, whoa. I don't either. I love that they kept talking about costume jewelry. Like that this was a time where people would have costume jewelry instead of like, I just say so interesting. Um, Okay, fake name, ID, no. The fuzz cops quirk, we had Lieutenant Stuyvesant. And he wanted to be a big city cop. That oh, was his that's thing. right. Okay. Cop chemistry? No. Yeah, um, Businessy no. business. I just wrote rich people slash running for DA. Yeah. Felt I that mean, those were the world. Was businessy business. Oh, jewelry. Politics, jewelry. Oh, we ran the gamut. Yeah. Wait, really quick, was D.L. Beaumont the owner of the jewelry store? Yes. Yeah. Okay, two things. Was he in on the scam? No, no. He, he said that they split the amount that they were going to split the amounts. He and the uncle. So the uncle back up uh, in Boston. So Beaumont wasn't in on it. It was the son or whatever, and the uncle, but not the not the dad. But I don't think Lochner and Beaumont were related, were they? Oh, they're not. I just thought he was worked there. But the 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 store owner was in on the fact that the husband paid for the. Oh jewelry. yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He knew about that thing. Um, so the guy that played him, I don't know if you guys have ever seen East of Eden with James Dean, but he played yeah. the brother in that, and he was muy handsome when he was younger. Oh, okay. He's um, IMDb. He was in Kelly's Heroes, Cool Hand Luke, and East of Eden. I mean, that's like quite a. He did a lot of movies. It's like he's yeah. also Susanna. You're forgetting a movie called Hot Stuff from 1979. A comedy. Huh. One of yeah. these 70s comedies you hear so much oh, about. This, <laughs> this makes sense. Dom DeLuise was is the star. Uh, I oh. Okay, you're right. Dom DeLuise was a comedic actor, so I guess it wasn't all morose <laughs> four-hour films in the 70s. Is Dom DeLuise in A Murder, She Wrote? I'm gonna, I feel like no, but I will look right now. You okay. know, there's that one. <laughs> I feel like this is always half the episode is me reminiscing about other episodes of Murder, She Wrote. There's that one that I think, Megan, weren't you trying to get us to watch this one recently? was the one with um buddy hackett and that other comedian you were trying oh yeah Yeah. and (laughs) they are the comedy too we should do that one yes (laughs) but no dom deloise was not in a murder she wrote okay glennis that one with buddy hackett has george clooney in it (laughs) what yeah Yeah, i know i know Who's the other comedy actor that's in that movie? The episode, sorry. Steve Lawrence, but let me uh, let me look it up. Are you you Google's it while I that one for our six month anniversary? What? It is. I mean, in like a few weeks' time, I think we started in April, didn't we? Oh my god. And I also inadvertently skipped the episode we were meant to be doing tonight. So we'll do that one soon. Sorry. Well, we don't know for sure, you know. 
We've had, yeah. <laughs> I've had some technical issues today. Yeah, it was, Steve Lawrence was a, more of a singer, but he also acted. And so that's a great one. Uh, right, yeah. Okay, so. Okay, sorry. Okay. Um, AJ, AJ, nothing but a number. <laughs> Sheila, 51. Rocco, 41. Margaret, 27. There we go. Rocco, 8. Sheila, 8. <laughs> Yeah, oh, okay, Margaret, well, not yet born. <laughs> she was the drum majorette, and he was the linebacker. The drum pullback. majorette. I loved pullback that. for what? Pee wee football? I mean, it's, <laughs> that's rough. It's rough. <laughs> rough talk. Okay. Uh, smooches. Yeah, we had a big old makeout. Hello. Number two. <laughs> Who was the, in the very in the beginning when she's like, "Get oh, over here, you gorgeous middle, thing!" Yeah, no, that was the one I was remembering. I forgot about the weird one in the garage later. Yeah, for her to forget the she shaking. But yeah. like, okay, is this worse than the opening kiss in Crimson Harvest? That I've never seen anything worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's like how a horror movie starts. So <laughs> someone is like sucking someone's brain out of their mouth or something. It was horrible. It was horrible. And the way the camera like pans up and out, I was like, I can't look at this anymore. It makes me feel so, it's just, it's like, you know, you go to the movies and you want a little escapism and in romantic comedy, they make sure they're kissing in a way that doesn't look sloppy. <laughs> And that was just like, it needs to look sloppier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so gross. Um, okay. <laughs> Familial ties. No. Eyes closed, head shake. Uh, no. I didn't see that. It was kind of at the end. She did like a, you better not. Kind of look. It was yeah. a bit of a head shake when Sheila was like, he doesn't give me enough sex. She went, she sort of did a like, oh, okay. I get, girl, I get it. Like, there was just sort of literally <laughs> no reaction when she says he presented Rocco to me for my birthday. It was like a birthday. Jessica has, like, doesn't react at all. She's got a good poker face. Also, like, when she, when she was like, he keeps cheating on me and he's always cheated on me. Instead of being like, that's horrible. Jessica's like, ah, you know what men are like. Like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, like moving on. And you're just like, okay, she clearly doesn't care about that bit. Um, okay, fave outfit. You guys, I hate to say it. I don't think I really had any that I liked. I did like her silk blue, blue silk blouse. I didn't like what it was paired with. <laughs> I thought it was nice. <gasps> Okay. Jessica wore something during the commercial at the very end that was like a brown and white checked jacket. It was like houndstooth. Yeah, I liked, I thought that was, I really liked that one. And you know, I love that freaking ball gown look. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. You're right. You're right. No one else loved it, but that's okay. I liked the aqua blazer with the green top and the gold brooch when she was calling the cops to sort of set up. Margaret, yeah, yeah. like there's that wasn't one, bad. I I liked that color palette. I also thought Margaret's outfit when she was meeting with Lochner wasn't bad. 
No, I, I agree. I, I, yeah, she looked nice there. Um, weirdly, I did write this down. So maybe this is my favorite outfit. Jessica was wearing the world's coolest sunglasses at the end oh, of the yeah. episode. What I was that like, about? They were like square aviators or something. They were <laughs> so cool. And I was like, where she picked those up from? And no one else is wearing sunglasses. Yeah, I know. Jessica's like, I just got these. So well, then I got worried. Them. She wore them for kind of too long. I mean, it was only a minute or two, yeah. but I on the the lady's eye, she got a sty. She got a little pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> Susanna's worst nightmare. I'm like. <gasps> Um, that was my favorite outfit with those sunglasses because I love that they're watching the big advertisement being filmed as well. Jessica's in those cool shades, just like, yeah, this is great. You look really good. <laughs> um, okay, worst outfit. The long for me, it's the long beige sweater that um now I wanted to call her Mimi Hardcore, but the she Sheila. Sheila, yeah. Yeah, maybe that for me I also as well. hated that brown outfit at the end that she wore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There was nothing I wrote down that I felt like... It wasn't like last week where that... Um, <laughs> the cardigan that Ashley liked oh. showed up. And honestly, I, I was like, it was okay. such a shock. <laughs> I said I was ambivalent about it from far away. But when it got up close, I didn't think it was that bad. But that bad doesn't mean it's my favorite outfit. This is Norman Felgate all over again. I mean, this is what I get for making wild choices. I get you made a couple wild choices. All I'm saying is Listen, fashion subjective, okay? Ah, that feels so shady. Yeah, Megan, fashion subjective with that. I'm not the one that came in really hard about Norman Fell, just for the record. But I did not care for that sweater. It was only because, like, Ashley was right last time. It's like, there was something about it that just was like, it, it was like her walking in with those sunglasses. It was like, wait, what? This doesn't suit the character or anything. It's like just so surprising. And there was just so much going on. There was a scarf. There was a busy shirt. It was... She walked in from like stage left. So we haven't seen her in it yet. She walks past... Seinfeld's dad in his hat and giant glasses. <laughs> Timothy. <laughs> She's like, Timothy, move out of the way. And because she comes in and we haven't seen her wearing it yet, she just sweeps into the room. And truly, you're like, oh my God. Like, I've been just like, like closed my eyes for too long and now I'm watching a different episode or something. And that's her outfit to go undercover. And you're like, it is. I mean, anyway, sorry, she shocked me. That's all. That's it was all. Shocked. I also, I mean, I also think it was one of those sweaters that I would keep like in a cool room, like if I was chilly at night yeah. or like an indoor oh, yeah. at home sweater for sure. Oh, yeah, I have so many of those. You're really backtracking like... here, Ashley. <laughs> all I said was it didn't look the same when we were close up and it looked less authentic. You and stood way firmer. 
Eastern I'm fans don't like about Norman Fell. I just want to put that out there. I'm holding strong on Mr. Roper, and I'm holding strong on Winston the dog as two hunks from episodes. No, that's... I, I have no guys. issue with Winston the dog. <laughs> we all agree yeah. on Winston. Yeah, that's um, exactly Like, I'm losing my mind. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> You're making wild choices. <laughs> You're like, I love the long bait. <laughs> I do not. Oh, I know, I know. I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Well, I love that crazy dress and no one else. Yeah, that's true. I loved it. You know why? Because it was... It's so regal. It was really regal. Plus, yeah, I'm he told her formal. Yeah. She did what he asked. Plus, I would have killed for that kind of dress. Wait, what was that dress shop? I feel like we've talked about it before. Is would have killed for that dress? Like when I was like 12. Oh, I would have shown whoa. up to. Right. Now I'm like, Megan, we need to talk. I don't think I can pull it off now, but at 12, I would have killed well, killed it. Pull it off. She can't even pull it off. Maybe no, oh, Jessica McClintock. That's what it reminds me of. Or that <laughs> section of Macy's in Union, um, uh, Union Square. Where the part, it's like the part overlooking Union Square. You had to cross yes. over to another part to get to the fancy, fancy <laughs> Like, if you have to ask, you can't yeah. afford section. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had, like, the mother of the bride clothes, and then they had the yeah. prom section. Yes. I feel I, like, or, like, if you're going to the opera, they had opera dresses. I'm like, I'm lost. Get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure now that you say that, that dress that I mentioned that I wore to my formal that was like the sort of very light purple, light blue color with the matching sort of sheer scarf. I'm sure that was Jessica McClintock or something like Jessica that. Jessica McClintock, I don't know if it's still there, but she had that big store on Union Square that was like kitty corner to Macy's kind of. Yeah. All right. You know what? I also distinctly remember, I think I had a black dress that was like black velvet top with like purple puffy sleeves and like maybe purple skirt. And I thought I looked like really good. Yeah. You probably did. You probably did. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Sorry. I digress. No, no, it's all right. We're on to the best bit here. Biggest (laughs) hunk. (laughs) Come on, guys. I know mine. All right. Go, go. Oh. Charles Lochner, duh. Ew! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the jewelry, the, the bad guy? Yeah! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, Tell I me mean, there was a hunkier guy in this episode. Well, than that guy. I have a murder in the electric cathedral dilemma. Because mm-hmm. I actually thought Rocco was the biggest hunk. Yeah. But he was no. Abusive. Well, yeah, I'm oh with Oh, Glenn. Well, Glennis, why don't you tell why he he will well, always be? They, it always comes back. Earth girls are easy. <laughs> <laughs> that guy hadn't been on screen for a second, and Glennis said, "Earth girls are easy." <laughs> <laughs> At least I didn't call him Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh oh, Mickey Rooney's back. <laughs> oh, you know what that guy is? You know, let me change my answer. I agree. Lieutenant Stein. He's a total babe. 
But now that I think about Lochner more, you know, he wasn't that bad. I just, he, he was, was just totally kinda, cute. What are you guys talking about? He, he was, was kind of easily. Yeah. He was oh, like no, a like But also the lieutenant was kind of a douche, so. And you know, what's his face? The guy from. <laughs> he was mean to Margaret, okay? He was. And you know what? What's his face from MASH? Mike Farrell that played Drew Borden. Oh, He's not yeah. bad either. He's a totally handsome guy. I said guy. it once. Yeah. I met Mr. Roper like six months ago, and I won't stop hearing about it. And you just picked Mike Farrell. I mean, he's not bad. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Fine. I don't know where the standards are. It's all over the place. It is. It is. Because I actually don't think what's his face. Like, this is a cut more controversial one, but the guy that plays his his PR guy, I don't think is bad looking either. No, no, I mean, he's fine. It's just a sort of, he's not, you know what? I get the Mike Farrell thing because it's like something about like 80s men of a certain age, late, late 80s and early 90s men of a certain age. Like, Glennis and I were watching Big Business <laughs> the other weekend <laughs> and Michael Gross popped in and I was like, you know what? <laughs> Right. He's a handsome guy. And I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and all of a sudden I'm like, this will seem a lot more realistic to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was in a Lifetime movie and I can't separate him from that character anymore. Oh, that's too bad because I find him very likable and he was in Tremors, a.k.a. one of the oh, best Oh, he's movies. so Fred great Fred in Tremors. Fred Ward. Fred Ward is in both as well. Yes. And I think he's hunky. Oh, Fred Ward is a major hunk. Okay, the good. only good. one that loses out in that movie is um, the, the country, Never. the country uh, Bette Midler, who has to go with the other Bette Midler's ex-husband and father of oh, Seth. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not, not as handsome as the other ones. I hate to say it. I'm not trying to be cruel, yeah. but no, when the four right. of them are stood at the bottom of the lift, and you're like. I don't think that guy would have been my... There's such a selection there. Fred Ward, are you kidding me? Oh, Fred Ward. Also, my head almost exploded (laughs) with jealousy when I saw that you guys were together watching Big Business. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Megan, we really ranked the... Like, we ran through the... Mark didn't appear one night. He walked into the kitchen and it was like he refused to come back out because we were watching Big Business... And then we watched um, while you were sleeping. And he just sort of would potter in and out. But he was, we were like, do you want to watch with us? And he was like, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also, I like, this is not about big business from while you were sleeping. But I like that we've now listed out half the guys in this episode. Right, I feel like the only guy we haven't mentioned is Porter or Finley. Because I don't think that guy's. That is correct. Sid Staples. (laughs) No, Megan just said him. Oh, you did just say him. PR okay. guy. We're, we're at five out of eight. There's D.L. Beaumont. Well, D.L. Beaumont no. back in East of Eden. Yes. And Arthur Morris. <laughs> I don't know who that is. But um, yeah, so hunk heavy episode, apparently. Well, yeah, I, I didn't yeah. really think that it was, but you're right. It was. You know, the guy that played um, Lochner was the voice of Prince Derek in The Swan Princess. Oh, yeah. Um, anyways, so JB Burns, we said a few. I didn't actually write any down other than the quotes we mentioned earlier. 
She had a self burn. She was like, I know I, I think Linus mentioned this. I know I sound like the most awful gossip. Yeah. But thank you. Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> you do, Jessica. Um, did anybody else have any? No. Um, f- fave guest star. Brenda Vaccaro, is that what we're sort of? Yeah. yeah. Charles Rocket. Charles Rocket. What do you think, Ashley? I say Brenda. Okay. Yeah. Glynis's guess. You said. Yeah. So I said the husband, but it's a real shame because my fourth bullet point was jewelry guy suspect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Go but with your gut, Glynis. You got to go with your gut. I went with my gut. It was wrong. I know, and we'd been on a real streak, too. Uh, Now, did Lieutenant Timothy Hanratty teach you nothing last weekend? You got to go with your gut. (laughs) Apparently not. Yeah, so pick the husband. Just because I thought that, like, he would have done anything for her, and I was worried. It's a bit weird with the husband. Like, everything's a bit weird. And And all the little side comments people are making about the husband, you're like, Okay. Um, all right, here we go. Are we ready for this fave moment overall ranking? Are we ready? Glennis, do you want to go first? Oh, come back to me. Oh, okay. Megan, do you want to go first? So it's, uh, wait, favorite moment and overall ranking? Yeah. God, I have to think about favorite moment? Oh, no, favorite moment is when Jessica reacts to um, Sheila stealing in the beginning. And I'll give this an eight. I like this episode. Okay, Ashley. Um, my favorite moment is when Brenda Vaccaro's character is discussing her history with Rocco. <laughs> it's, it's so intriguing. Um, and then how he came back into her life, which was mm. odd. And my ranking, it really wasn't one of my favorites, unfortunately. So I would say maybe like a six. Okay, Glennis. Um, yeah, fave moments. None. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do like at the end when she's like, oh, look at this amazing comb or whatever. And Jessica's like, don't you dare. Um, and yeah, and then the beginning when he's like, get me Stromberg. And we don't know who Stromberg yeah. is. But uh, yeah, I give it like a six. I do like okay. Um, I, what's my favorite moment? Just the whole bit in the jewelry store where Jessica was like, this is not right. I won't stand for it. I like (laughs) that. Um, and I think for this, I do like this episode. I feel like, weirdly, I feel like it could be funnier maybe. Or there's like a sort of lightness to it that never matches what actually happens so they do like to watch it so i probably i'd give it a i still find it really watchable so i'd give it a seven okay so yeah as you were saying that i was thinking like why i thought joshua peabody episode was a bit funnier than this because that one was written by the same person it's because of amos tucker That was why I think I remembered it being a little bit more lighthearted and it being in Cabot Cove. I think this one just felt a bit heavier, and I agree mm-hmm. that it could have been a little lighter. 
Well, because I like that there's a party and stuff. And I like this whole idea of her sort of flouncing around with a wealthy person that obviously doesn't quite fit in. But it felt like that she was almost like too normal. I wish she'd been a little bit maybe funnier. I don't know, because she's obviously a funny actress and stuff. Like, she can do it. It's just, but you like it. But yeah, it's, it's, if it's on, I'll totally watch it. It's not like somewhere I'll just will not watch them. But um, yeah, I mean, that's not very many of them really, but there you go. Um, anyways, so yeah, I think that's it for this week. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, we hope you check us out on Facebook. Um, we're just at Cabot Coverage at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um let me try to keep up with posting about that, although I've been a bit remiss on the Twitter and Instagram accounts. And um, yeah, if, if you wanted to rate and review us on Apple, that would be brilliant if you have time. Um, otherwise, we hope you will listen again next week. Thank you very much. Bye. Yeah. Bye.